0: Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold faith community church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith and apply the word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? Happy after Thanksgiving. Um, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed your time um, this week with your family, and your friends. I hope you ate well. Hope you bought a lot of stuff you didn't need at the lowest price available this season. Hope that you are um, buying something from a small business today to small business Saturday. So I hope you're doing that and you're probably getting ready for Cyber Monday. And I am glad that you took a little break from all your eating and shopping, to be here with us. I do not take it lightly. Um, I actually spent time in Florida for the holiday. And let me tell you something. I needed that break, okay? Because the week prior, um, the week before that, I was just so tired and exhausted and aggravated. Me and Mike was arguing every day, just about every morning before he went to work. What are we arguing for about this dog? Okay, the dog is howling and whining and crying every day, all day since Mike got back from out of town. He went out of town for a week for um, some work. And then since he's been back and he's been out doing jobs every day, the dog is howling all day long. I moved him. I take him. I put him someplace else still all day. So I can't really work. It's also extremely annoying to hear, I have a little sample for y'all and I just want y'all to know this is not a loop okay it's not a loop it's, it's this is want y'all to feel my pain okay can y'all hear that you know, it's still going. Yeah. Um, that's from my office and he was probably upstairs. I moved him from my office. I put him in the living room. I put him upstairs. The real problem is that he's just a big baby, you know? And so every morning this, you know, that week, not this week, every morning that week, um, my husband's trying to lace his shoes up and get ready for, um, you know, for his day. And he's leaving five 30 in the morning. And I'm like, Hey, what are we going to do about the dog bringing him this, this problem? And, um, I don't know if y'all have ever had a situation where it's like, there is a real issue that you are facing. This seems small, but it's really big because I work from home. I run my business from home. I serve, um, I run my business from home and I run the church from the house. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got this little thing set up back there just for y'all. Um, you know, so that you can see, you know, the right thing. I got that all set up. And it's, it's not, you know what I'm saying, it can't go nowhere else. It's not working. I need to think. I, I'm in the wisdom business. I say that all the time. I can't think. I can't study. My headphones are dying. Just all the things are just falling apart this week. And so I am frustrated. And he gets to leave the house and uh, not hear the howling. Although if he were there, there wouldn't be any howling. And so every single day I'm taking this problem to him. And so it seems like a small problem, except for it happens every single day. Like And my work pile is piling up, right? Maybe you have something more serious that you're dealing with. Maybe you're like, girl, there are bigger problems in the world. Didn't seem like there was a bigger problem in the world that week. I promise you, it didn't seem like there was a bigger problem in the world that week with that noise for the entire day. Are you kidding me, right? And so I don't know what kind of problems y'all have or what you're facing, but I think that it gets, it It gets so much worse when, you know, you're trying to find a solution or you need help or you're not sure what to do or whatever. And you take it to a person you think is going to be able to help you and then they can't help you. Right. I think the biggest problem is that I was expecting for him to fix it. I was expect I know how I was going to fix it because I couldn't figure out how to fix it. What can we do? It's not going to quit. So I don't know what we could do. But. And because we were both so frustrated, we didn't even have the clarity of mind to work together for a solution. It was like, why are you bringing me this? I'm leaving. I'm like, why are you leaving? I'm dealing with this. Right. Like we just couldn't do it. And so I wonder how often in our lives we are having problems. We are struggling with something. There was something that we need to deal with. There's a solution that we're looking for. And we continue to go to the wrong person. We continue to either go to ourselves for the solution and we cannot be the solution or we're going to somebody else expecting for somebody to heal us from the trauma that we've experienced before. Right. Y'all know this is about more than the dog. Right. Come on. Y'all know me better than that. You know, we we expect to be able to go to this person for this, relate this new relationship that we're in, to be able to fix the old wounds, these new friendships that we're getting into for those two people to be able to fix these old wounds. But we still keep dealing with the same thing over and over. It was like a horrible it was like a horror movie. Every single day, I took it to him. I had a conversation, and every single day, I had to deal with the same thing over and over. And some of you are experiencing that on a much more serious scale and much more, um, much more important areas. Right? I'm not minimizing my pain because I'm telling y'all it the struggle was so real. But some of you are taking your financial problems to somebody, and it's it's not you taking it to the wrong person. That person can't fix it. And so while we've been looking at um, you know, miracles. We've been studying miracles every single week. That's where I've been teaching from for the past 12 weeks. We've been studying miracles. And as I look at those and review those while I'm preparing to bring this message to you guys, it dawned on me because we finally got it taken care of. Okay. We finally got it taken care of. And you know what? We were going to the wrong person. We needed to call his mama to come and babysit him, and so that's what we did. So she came to the house and she sat with him. Um, she works nights and so she's available during the day. Um, she doesn't live with us, but she's, um, you know, working towards getting her own place and all of those things. Y'all know young people things. And so while she's doing that, we're happy to keep. Yeah, like I said, we're happy to keep the dog. He's certainly happy to keep the dog, but I, I don't mind Kingston so much. But she, she came. It was immediately. It was easy. It was so easy. She came and he just shut right up. He sat in her lap he just shut right up shut right up let me see if I can show y'all this picture of him at the house when she got there just shut right up can y'all can y'all see that he's literally sitting in her lap yeah. All the way up. This is the type of that's what's wrong with him. He won't it every day. I'm not about to be doing that. I got work to do. I don't have time to be holding him in, in my lap like that, you know. But it was easy. Problem was solved so quickly. Like my mind is clear. It's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I still was glad to have a break, I was glad to get away, but it was a beautiful, beautiful situation. And so um I wonder, I wonder what problem you are facing right now that you're taking to. The wrong person. I, I wonder what situation you are dealing with, and you're taking it to somebody, and that's really you're looking to your spouse to fix this problem that you have with worthiness. Come on, Jesus. You're looking to your bank account to fix this problem that you have with your poverty mindset. You're looking outside, you're looking to yourself to fix it. I just think we keep going to the wrong place. And so, as I look at all the miracles, it was. It, this is where I'm teaching from today. As I look at all the miracles as I'm preparing and as I'm going through my own week of struggle where I can't find a solution for days and days and days and days, I realize it, when you have the wrong person, that's why the problem can't get solved. We got to give it to Jesus. That's what this, I don't know. I don't know what all you got from this 12 weeks that we have been in this word, 12, 13 weeks. I don't know what you, I don't know what your takeaway is. I don't know what you've been applying to your life. But as we close out this sermon series, the one thing I want you to take away from this, the one thing that the Lord kept impressing upon my heart and my mind is for us to give it to Jesus. I could have given my frustration to God on the first day. I didn't. I could have given my frustration to God. I could have sat down and said, okay, because I believe we can talk to God about everything and all things. I could have been like, okay, Jesus, listen. Now I know you know I got work to do. So, what is it? I probably could have come, the Lord would have given me the solution way faster than four days of not being able to work and looking at my husband like my husband is the problem and my husband looking at me like I'm the problem. When really and truly, hey, neither one of us the problem, it's the howling that's the problem, right? And so could have been fixed so much sooner. And so that's one of the things that I and when I'm looking at these miracles is that God is telling us that no matter what we are dealing with, no matter what we are going through, we can give it to jesus jesus is revealing himself i thought about naming it um miracles of jesus jesus revealed because i i believe that you know jesus revealed himself not only to the people at that time but he's revealing himself to us as we've studied the miracles but i want you to walk away with an action i want you to think throughout this time like what can you What is it that you need to give to Jesus? We looked at a lot of different um, verses. I'm going to give you some of those verses. I'm I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to tell you what they were as I do like a little um, recap. So we started off with Luke. Somebody can uh, if somebody could be my scribe and drop these scriptures in the chat. That would be good. Luke chapter five, verse one through 11. Luke five verse 1 through 11. Luke 5, verse 1 through 11. Um, this is the miracle where Jesus is preaching in the boat, teaching in the boat. And then he tells Peter to put his net down. And Peter says, we've worked all night, Lord, but because you say, so I will do it right because you say, so I will. And so Peter puts it down and that's a great amount of fish. And Peter's like, oh my gosh, I'm so unworthy. And Jesus is like, nah, boy, get up. I'm about to teach you how to be fishers of men. And so Peter leaves everything, even that large increase. And he follows Jesus. The next one is Matthew chapter eight, verses five through fifth. Through 13, I'll say it again. Matthew. I'm gonna go kind of quick because I want to get through the review so I can get to the lesson. Matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 13. It's the centurion and his servant, where the centurion sends um, a man to Jesus and says, "Hey, there's a servant in my home who is sick. He's a very important man to me, so I need you to come. In. I need you to heal him." Jesus says, "Okay, let's go." He says, "No." You don't need to follow me. Just send the word, God. And I know because I'm a man of authority. And so when I tell my servants to do something, they do it. I know that you are a man of authority. So if you send the word, my servant will be healed. Jesus is uh, impressed by his faith and he says it's done. And so the servant is healed Um, in Luke chapter seven, verse 11 through 17. Luke chapter seven, verses 11 through 17. This is where Jesus raises uh, the widow's son from the dead. He's coming in. The funeral procession is coming out. He goes, he sees her. She's crying. The widow is crying. This is her only son. She's a widow, which means her husband has already died. And so God is moved with compassion and he raises the son from the dead and returns him to his mother. Right. And then we see, um, this is one, two, three, four. We see four, one, two, three, four. Matthew chapter nine, verse 27 through 31. Matthew, chapter nine, verse 27 through 31. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay. He heals the blind man. Um, he heals the blind. I think there were two. He's like, have mercy on us. They follow him. This is when Jesus is like coming through um, the city or coming through the town. He's getting ready to go into a house. And he, they say, have mercy on us. They're calling out to him. He does not turn and face them immediately. He keeps walking. He walks into the house and then he turns. They follow him. He turns and he's like, what do y'all want? Y'all think that I can do this? And so he heals the blind man. We see that Matthew chapter nine verses 32 through 34 um he delivers the the man who is uh mute now this man is demon possessed and as a result he can't you know speak and so um Jesus delivers him from the demon and so now he also gets his speech back right then the next one he's now able to speak he gets a voice then the next one that's Matthew chapter 17 verses 24 through 27 Matthew chapter 17 verse 24 through 27 Um, the, the tax collectors, the Roman tax collectors, the temple tax collectors, they come and they're talking to Peter outside and they're like, why doesn't your, does your master pay the temple tax? And Peter's like, yeah, he do, but he don't really check with God. And so he goes in and then Jesus says to him, who pays the tax, um, for earthly Kings, do their children, who do they collect tax from their children or from others? Peter says from others. And the Lord is like, so then the children are exempt, but here, Go and catch a fish. Go and the first fish you catch, pull out the coin. It's going to be a coin in this mouth. It's going to be enough to pay my tax and your tax too. Um, That was the sixth miracle that we saw. The seventh miracle that we looked at. um, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, because these are not numbered. The seventh miracle that we looked at. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. God help. Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 23. Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 23. Uh, There's a man who is also demon possessed and he is blind and mute, and Jesus heals him as well. The next one is the crippled woman in Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Um, he heals this woman who's been crippled. She's in the synagogue. He's teaching in the synagogue. It's on the Sabbath. She's bent over. And it's been, um, I think it's been like that for like a long time, maybe 18 years. I don't even remember, but it's been like that a very long time for as long as people can remember, like they don't even know, you know, how long it's been or whatever. And so she comes, um, she, he calls her to the front. And he's, this is the great one where it's like, thou art loose. And so she stands up. And so she's loose from her infirmity. Um, but what he also does there is he defends her because then the, um, the leader comes out and he's like, it's six days to get healed. Don't come on the seven. And so Jesus defends her. The next one is also in Luke. He's invited to the Pharisee's house. He's eating with the synagogue leader, Pharisee leader, and they're there to watch him. That's why he's been invited. There's a man there whose body is swollen from head to toe. He is suffering from edema or dropsy, uh, which is basically when the body retains fluid due to some type of other ailment. And so he heals him on that day. He also defends that man then um, he's out and there are 10 he's getting ready on his way to jerusalem and there are 10 lepers that are calling him for him to have mercy he tells them to go and show themselves to the priest and as they go they are healed one comes back and praises god and he's like you the only one to come back wasn't there 10 of you and this one the foreigner and then last week's was um right before he is going to be um you know, taken and handed over to the Roman soldiers, you know, they come in the, in the dead of the night to grab Jesus and Peter slices off the servant's ear and Jesus heals the servant. Okay. He heals the ear. So the ear goes back. So those are all of the, um, those are all of the miracles that we see that we looked at for the series, right? If you didn't watch them, you should definitely go back, create a little playlist, get yourself a Bible study guide. I, too, am participating in all those things. 75% off. Okay. So go on over there. Get yourself the Bible study guide. and, um, And then you can go through this 12 weeks of miracles as well. Okay. So this is what I'm saying the takeaway from all of this. These are all these problems that we look at. All of these situations are situations that people had tried everything they could do. These are situations where people, um, you know, there wasn't anything that they could do. There wasn't anything that anybody could do for them. But when Jesus got on the scene, then those problems were no more. There were miracles blind, couldn't see before. But now, you know, it's been given to Jesus. Now they can see. Right. And so. If that's not proof enough for you to give it to Jesus, I really don't know what is, but I really want to talk about, you know, why, why this is like, why I believe God is telling us to give it to Jesus. And and I the reason I think this is an important thing is because I think from a Christian standpoint, we always feel like, oh, we should give it to Jesus. Oh, we say that. Um, oh, Jesus is the answer. Um, something about the name Jesus, the sweetest. I know how to call on him. You know how to say his name. Why are you actually giving things to him? You know how to, you know how his name is pronounced. You know how to call out to him. You know how to cry to him. You know how to do all those things. But do you actually know how to give a situation to Jesus, right? And so we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think the thing that keeps us from doing it is that it's what we believe to be true about God in, in our situation. And sometimes we feel like we're in a situation that is so minor, the dog howling. But i to tell you I was so miserable all week long, okay? This misery, I actually cried. Okay, I'm just being a hundred percent transparent, but it does seem like a small thing to take to the Lord, and I think that's because sometimes we forget who He is. So why should I be giving things to Jesus? Why should we be giving everything big and small to Jesus? Well, first of all, as we've looked at these miracles, we see that Jesus is the son of God. It is why he is telling Peter, why should I, like, that's why he's telling Peter, well, that text doesn't really apply to me. We're gonna do it so we don't offend anybody, but that text does not apply to me. Conversation after conversation, when he um, delivers, People from demons. When people are demon possessed, and he casts out those demons, and the Pharisees and the people are watching, like, "Oh, how does he do that? He's doing that by the power of Beelzebub. He works for the devil." He said, "Like, I came from God. Do you understand? It's like, how can two, how can a house divided stand? It can't. You know. So that's not where I come from. God sent me. I'm the son of God. And if you knew God, you would know me. We've been talking about Jesus all year. So I'm really, re- I'm really wrapping up the year that we've been talking about Jesus through the gospel." right we never stop talking about Jesus but this year all of 2022 we've been talking about Jesus through the gospels what we've done we've looked at all the gospels in some um way shape or form we've we've learned from from all the gospels and so we know that we can take things to Jesus because of who he is. He is the son of God. He is not like everybody else. He was, he was sent by God. He is God and he has authority over everything. He doesn't just have authority over supply and demand. He doesn't just have authority over sickness. We know that he has authority even over the enemy. So I don't know what kind of problem you are facing, but I want you to understand who you are facing that problem with. You have Jesus on your side. Jesus is not just a rabbi. Jesus is not just um, a teacher. Jesus is not just a man who was a prophet who came and lived and died never to rise again that is what makes us different that's what sets us apart from other people because we serve a god who was alive and well we serve a god with power over everything not just some things you have so many different belief systems and people are believing in the god of the universe and the god of water and the god of fire and the god of dirt and the god of this and the god of that and the god of love and the god of sun and the god of dark like all of these things when The thing that we have is that Jesus is Lord of all. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords because he is not just the son of God. He is himself. God, I know it's a difficult thing for us to wrap our head around. How can he be the son and also be God? But he is. It's the Godness of God. Right. It's the Godness of Goding that and it makes sense that we wouldn't understand because the word of God says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. How can we who the created even begin to understand the one who created us? Fully, how do we expect to understand him fully? Think that it is thoroughly impossible. But it is easy for me to begin to give my problems big and small to Jesus because I know that he is God. And I know that he has authority over everything, even over the enemy. The enemy is getting at you. I don't know how many of you are married, but I, we just started this marriage. Uh, it's not a marriage group. We just started this Facebook group for for wives. Um, just marriage is under attack. And I mean, maybe marriage has always been under attack, but I feel like I'm on assignment now um, serving and supporting in that way. And so one of the things that I'm constantly saying to wives and to myself, especially that week, I mean, I didn't really say it to myself that week until until the the end, if I'm completely transparent. I wish I had said it earlier in the week, because I probably would have taken the problem to Jesus. But what happens a lot of times in marriages is that, we start to see our spouse as the problem, even when our marriage is under attack. We start because that's the person we can see, what they're doing and what they're not doing, what they're saying and not and what they're not saying, how they're saying it, how they're looking. What's their attitude about it, what they've declared they're going to do, what they say they want and what they don't want, all of these things. And so it begins to feel like we are fighting the person in front of us. But what you have to understand is that marriage is ordained. And I don't know who this is for. I certainly didn't plan on going this way. But what we have to understand is that marriage is something that is ordained. It is holy. There is something attached to your marriage. There is a purpose for your marriage. There is something that God intends to do through that union. There are some things that you may not be able to accomplish without your spouse. There are things that your spouse will not be able to accomplish without you not because they're less than, but because the purpose that God has placed on you was placed on you with your spouse in mind. You might not have known who you would marry, but God certainly did know who you would marry, whether you feel like that was the person you were supposed to marry, not supposed to marry, whatever, I can't even go down that rabbit hole. But the Lord knew God has ordained marriage and there are things that he wants to do in and through your marriage. And so that means that not only is your husband under attack from the enemy, not only are you under attack, right? Because you're fighting your own battles. There are things that you are dealing with, feelings of worthiness, feelings of lack, imposter syndrome, fear, dealing with trauma still unhealed. You're dealing with bitterness, unforgiveness, and all these different areas of your life, maybe not just towards your husband, but just in life. We are people out here in these streets, right? And so you are also. Also under attack from the enemy. Your husband as an, indi- as an individual, it's not really an individual, right? But your husband is under attack and so too is the union. The union is also under attack. The covenant that you made with God, this phenomenon that is two flesh becoming one, that is under attack. Don't think it's just him that's under attack. You're not the only one under attack. It's both of y'all as people and it is also your union. Hello, It's the union of marriage. And so we can sometimes forget that. But if we can remember that there is a very real enemy that we are fighting, then it makes it easier for us to go to God when our spouse doesn't have the solution. It makes it easier for us to take it to Jesus when we ourselves can't figure out how we're going to get through this or what we need to do or what the solution is to this problem or how I'm going to overcome this anxiety or depression or how I'm going to break free from the strongholds that have had me bound since I was a kid or whatever, when start to realize, hey, we're not fighting each other. We're fighting an enemy. And we have a God who loves us, who is in us, who is with us, who has gone before us, who is has authority over the enemy. Every single time we saw a miracle where Jesus called out a demon, it's saying that you can no longer have possession, demon possessed. Come on, Jesus, help somebody. You can no longer have possession over this thing. I don't know what the enemy has possession of, whether it's your mind or your money or your marriage or your ministry or your faith or your health. But giving it to Jesus, taking that situation to Jesus. Right. I know that he's the right one to give it to. Why? Because he has authority over the enemy. I saw him. I saw where it was reported. And I believe the word of God is true. I believe this is a true report. That's that's what I want. I mean, I can't I can't I can't spend a lot of time here. I'm gonna move on. But I wonder if you I wonder if you believe the report. I wonder if you believe the report about the Lord. I wonder if you believe the testimony, because I believe the testimony. And since I believe the testimony, it means that Jesus has power over the enemy and any enemy that thinks that they're going to have possession over my mind, over my house, over my spouse, over my ministry, over my money. They've got to go. I couldn't get them out on my own. My spouse and I are struggling to do so. Me and my mama, we tried to do it, but we couldn't do it. Me and my sister, my homegirl, my cousin, we couldn't do it. It's time for me to give that thing to Jesus because he is the son of God. He is God and he has authority over the enemy. And the enemy has come in to wreck some things. It's not just about who God is. Let's start there. That's the most important thing, like who Jesus is. But do you understand what he does? Right. It's not just who Jesus is, but through the miracles Through the studying the miracles, it makes me think of a million little miracles on miracles. I won't sing. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count. Y'all know that song? It's not by me. It's by Elevation and Maverick City. I think it's by their collaboration, uh, Little Miracles. It's so good. It's good, good, good. When we study all these miracles, it reveals to us. I mean, it's like a resume, right? We can see what Jesus is capable of, what do we see him doing? Well, we see him healing people, right? We see him healing the blind. We see him healing the mute, healing the death. We see him raising up the dead. We see him healing people from death. He is resurrecting people. We see that he's delivering people from demon possession. We see that he provides we see that he increases supply because we've been studying it all year long. So we know that he provides, he increases supply. They didn't have enough food. He say, take this and break. Don't you remember the last time y'all said that y'all ain't had no food and all we had was a couple loaves and we broke that up, right? When we look at the miracles of Jesus, we can see that he is a Jesus that provides. Right? He's a God that provides. He's the increase. He can increase the supply. What else do we see? We see that he's a God that serves, that Jesus is serving the people. He's serving the people in the synagogue. He is teaching them. He is preaching to them. He is helping them, telling them where to go. He's paying his tax and Peter tax too. He is serving the people. He's a God that trains. We know that he chose the disciples. He picked them. And even through the miracle, he is training Peter. Even through the miracle of drop down your net. And Peter said, "Okay, God, we worked all night, but because you say so, Lord, I will do it. He is training Peter to obey. He's training Peter that even if it don't look right, even if you've done all that you can do when I give you a word to do something, if you would trust and follow me, then you will have more than you could ever imagine. He had so many fish that came out. Right. This is listen. I'm not even talking about provision. I'm talking about training. And how do I know this is training? Because this is on the job training. Jesus is showing Peter what he's going to be able to do. Because he tells him at the end, now I'm going to teach you how to do that, but with souls. Now I'm going to teach you how to go out there, not and get the bag. I'm going to teach you how to go out there and get these folks in. I'm going to show you how to go out there and get some people healed. I'm going to show you how to go out there and help somebody get saved. He's in the, he's training. So Jesus ain't just out here preaching and teaching. He's out here training, but he's also teaching, right? He's actually in the synagogue. Jesus is teaching and imparting wisdom. We see Jesus teaching through parables, right? He's teaching the people. Through, I don't know why I'm yelling at y'all. He's he's teaching the people through parables. He's teaching them from the actual word. We see that he reads the scrolls and one of the gospels, he's like, oh, let me get that. He stands up and he reads and he says, that thing that was prophesied, that's me. I'm here. What's good? Right. He is teaching them. He is equipping them. We see that Jesus imparts on them the ability to cast out demons. He imparts on them the ability to heal and he sends out the disciples. That's a miracle. That's a miracle of, of multiplication, not just in supply, but it's a miracle in multiplication. He has trained and equipped his people to go out and do what he's been doing alone what he himself has only been able to do. So now he's imparted that he's now equipped them with the power to heal. He's now equipped them with the power to cast out demons. He's now equipped them with what they need so that they can teach the gospel and spread the gospel and bring people in to know God. And he defends. We see that Jesus defends the defenseless. Every single time he is healing someone and somebody in the synagogue is clapping back, Jesus stands for them and gets them together. Every time somebody's saying, why are you letting this lady who's a prostitute pour this stuff all over you? Don't you know who she is? He defends her. Right. Jesus defends the defenseless. Jesus defends the outcast. We see that over and over again as we study miracles, as we study the life and the teachings of Jesus. We see that Jesus is the type who defends the defenseless. But I wonder why he's doing this, right? That's what we have to start thinking about. Like, okay, Jesus is this. We know who he is, we know what he does. But maybe you still are not convinced to take whatever it is you're facing with to Jesus. Maybe I didn't hit on exactly what you are experiencing. Or maybe you have discounted yourself because you feel even more unworthy than the people that we see that Jesus is healing. That the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders and the law teachers, all of those people are saying that those people are unworthy. Maybe you feel even more unworthy than those And so why is Jesus doing these things? He's doing these things out of compassion. I mean, one of the miracles that literally says he saw her and he was moved with compassion for her grief. He healed. Then he he raised her son from the dead based on from compassion. Why did he do it? And do you know what? The way he looked at her when they called out to those men and said, have mercy on me. The way he looked at them. That's the same way he is looking at you and I. He's looking at you the same exact way. Why? Because he loves you. I know y'all know this song, Jesus loves me this time. now It's not just a cute song, it's factual, it's biblical, it's truth, absolute truth. Jesus loves you. That's why you can give your problems to him. He's not frustrated. He's not trying to go to work early in the morning. He ain't been dealing with the dog all day. He doesn't have a short, he's not, he doesn't have any lack or resources. He's not lacking in anything. He doesn't need to get someone. He's got to wait on nobody. He can do all things. He has the power of everything in the palm of his hands. And just from one word, everything will be changed for you. So he's not in a hard place. He's not in a difficult place. He's not out here just taking it one day at a time. That's not a thing, right? Right. So not only does he love you, but he has the ability, he has the power because he is God. That's what we had to go through that way. He not only does he love you, he is able to do these things for you. And how can you know he will do these things for you? Because you because he loves you. Jesus said, I came so that you could have so that you could live life and have it more abundantly. As you also, so may your soul prosper as the rest of your life prospers. He's not just talking about one thing. Jesus wants to see you healed. He wants to see you whole and he wants to see you prosper. What is prosperity? I know people like, oh, prosperity preaching. What is prosperity? It means that I am prospering. What does it require for me to prosper? It also implies that I'm successful, right? What does success look like? It looks like me living out the purpose for which I was created. And if there is anything that I'm dealing with that is keeping me from living out the purpose for which I was created, the Lord is going to do something about that because he did not create me with this purpose for me not to get it done. But I got to take it to him. I got to take the problem to him because this is something we're doing together. Why? Because he loves us. So he has compassion for you. He loves us. He loves you. He wants to be in close relationship with you. And he is going to move on your behalf because he wants to see you healed. He doesn't want to see you still battling with anxiety. He wants to see you healed. He doesn't want to see you still struggling with depression. This idea that because you've been diagnosed, there is no healing of that. He wants to see you completely healed. Have you taken it to him? Will you give it to him? He wants to see your marriage whole and healthy. He wants to see your marriage be, be something godly. God, he wants that for you. He's not telling you to stay married to the ink drop. He's not saying stay married till I call you home so that you can be miserable in your marriage. And even Jesus said, I know that the reason that Moses said that y'all could give y'all a wife a divorce is because your hearts are hardened. He knows that it ain't easy staying married to the same person all the time for, the, for your whole life. He knows that's not easy because we people. He like, I, if I wasn't Jesus, I couldn't put up with y'all. For your whole life. <laughs> if I wasn't Jesus. I couldn't deal with y'all. Shoot it takes me being Jesus. To deal with y'all my whole life. it's the, that's it, Okay. So Jesus knows that our hearts get hardened. That sometimes we get bitter. And we get upset. And it, t- it takes more than we have. As humans. It takes more than we have as humans. To keep a covenant. To stay married to somebody. Until we are put into the ground. And do it in a whole and healthy way. It takes more than we have. Some people stay married and the marriage is unhealthy. They stay married till death do them part and the marriage is unhealthy. But you believer, you woman of God, You, you who is one with Christ, you can take it to Jesus. He wants to see your marriage whole and healthy. Hello? He's not giving you a mandate so that you can suffer through. He wants to see. He didn't tell you to quit your job so you can struggle financially. That's not what he didn't tell you that he he didn't tell you to he didn't tell you to quit your job so he can see you struggle financially. So when you have a problem of there is a solution, there's something that you need to overcome, there's an obstacle, there is some type of resistance, there is something that seems impossible for you to do. It's impossible for me to do this thing. He wants you to bring it to him. But you gotta know him. I don't, I don't know if you know him. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the reason you are not taking it to Jesus is because really and truly you do not know him. Maybe you don't know him, but I want to invite you to get to know him today. I want to invite you to allow Christ to come into your heart. I want to invite you to stop doing things alone. Stop trying to figure it out by yourself. Stop trying to win over your husband without Christ. Stop trying to win over those kids without Christ. Stop trying to move heaven and earth that was never meant for you to do alone. The things that you're trying to do, they feel impossible and you are right. I know you thought, I might, maybe you thought I was going to say they're not right. You're right. The things that you are trying to do, they are absolutely impossible. They're impossible for you to do. You cannot do them alone. The word of God says it is for man with man. These things are impossible, but with Christ, all things are possible, but we have to be with Christ. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to invite Christ into your life. If you have not accepted him as your Lord and savior, I would love for you to repeat after me, say this prayer with me. And as you are saying and believing this, understand that how you're gonna spend an eternity is gonna change. How you're gonna spend the next couple of days is gonna change. How you're gonna spend all the rest of the days of your life is gonna change because now instead of you trying to do things on your own, anything you get to that's too hard for you, big, smaller, in between, whether it's a dog howling or doubt, Right. Whether it's a dog howling or it's doubt. Whether it's a minor frustration or fear. Whether it's a small situation or a severe. Right. You're going to have Jesus with you. So say this prayer. Repeat after me. Father, I confess with my mouth. That Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, for saving me and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. Now, listen, if you said it and you believe it, that means that you are saved. That's what the word of God says. If we should confess him as Lord, repent and accept him, um, then guess what? Then you are saved. So I just want to say welcome. Then you shall be saved from eternity without him. Okay, welcome to the family of God. People welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Now, listen, if you have accepted Christ, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at praise. Send your email to praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Praise at boldfaithchurch.org. We want to celebrate with you. We want to get some resources in your hands. We know that these first couple of steps, it's like, okay, I said that. Now what do I do? We want to give you the next steps, right? As you come to build a relationship with Christ, it is an individual relationship, but it is not something you've been called to do in isolation. So go ahead and get connected. Maybe you've returned to Christ and you've decided that you are recommitting your life. We'd like to hear from you too. And we'd like to help you get connected and plugged in. So send your emails to praise. At boldfaithchurch.org. Now I know y'all know this is not it. This is not over. We are getting ready to get into community bold faith community church. We're putting the community in bold faith by getting together in conversation. All right. So you can go to bitly bold faith church so you can get the details of the Zoom. If not, if you don't have them already, and if you're listening to this on the podcast. Or if you're watching this at a later date, you're not watching it live at 8 a.m. EST, then you can still go there and it'll give you all the details you need so that you can join us live next week. We don't want to miss you. Now, listen, we've been talking about this and we're going to keep talking about this. We are preparing for our year in giving. OK, Thanksgiving. We are preparing for our year. I don't I don't know why I said AA like that. I don't even have any lyrics, but I just think. That's exciting, and the reason I think it's exciting is because this is going to be our second annual um, year-end giving, and the giving that the generosity that we see through this church continues to blow me away because we are small but honey, we are mighty. We know that the Lord gives seed to the sower and this is good ground for you to sow your seed. Now, I wanna talk to you about the year in giving. The year in giving is not about a building. It's not about you doing what God has done for you. Like, oh, the Lord did this for you, so I want you. It's not about any of that. The year in giving is about you understanding the vision of this church, the vision of this house, Bold Faith Community Church that every woman in every household would be trained and equipped as a minister in the word of God. It is why we teach the way we do on Saturday. It is why we encourage and set the standard for week for daily Bible studying. Even if you are not studying with us, even if you're not in a group, the expectation is that you are studying the Bible and we are breaking the word down. We're not just you know, giving you something exciting. The reason we believe in that is because we are on the forefront when it comes to fighting for marriages and fighting for our families. We are honestly the ones who are holding it down and holding the glue together as our husbands are protecting and providing. And there are also so many single women. And unfortunately, there are so many men who are not standing in their place. The enemy, they, you know, they battling the enemy. So they're not standing in their place and they're not able to cover. That doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility because we have been called to be their helpmeet. Not to say, oh, well, he need to get it together. We've been called to be their help right to be their suitable helper and that means if i'm going to have his back i need to be as equipped in the word as he is i need to know the word like he knows the word right and how can i do that unless i'm getting in a great bible based church where i can be taught the true word of god there are so many things that we want to do that we will be doing through this church um yes we're an online church but um we still serve in local communities where our people are we want to be able to come out and see you guys we want to be able to surround you and provide a community center for you guys to come to even if you are not available online right we know that we still want to be in the same space with one another there are just so many great things now if you want to hear more about the vision then you have to get in the community you have to join the community conversation so you can hear about it. But I want you to know that that's what Year in Giving is happening. That's what Year in Giving is all about. And it happens uh, the third Saturday of December. I think it's December 17th. I may be wrong, but it's I think it's the third Saturday. It's right before the it's the weekend before Christmas weekend. And so in this time, what I want you to be doing is praying and asking God how he's calling you to partner with us. Maybe this is a season where truthfully you haven't even been tithing. And so we want to start there. Right. So that can be your commitment to the year and give my commitment is that for 2023, my commitment is from this Saturday on. I'm going to start giving 10 percent to the church, to this church, as God is calling me to. So that's that's maybe that's the place that you're going to start. Maybe you're going to start with the tithe. And I think that's great. Some of you have been tithing and God is calling you to give above and beyond the tithe. That's where the year and giving really comes in right? And so how much are you going to give? How much is God calling you to give? Um, I want you to be praying about it every day over the next few weeks and just asking God to give you a number. The reason I want you to get a number from God is because I think God is going to have you give a larger number than I can convince you to give. You, yeah, I mean, I could say, oh, everybody should give this. Everybody should give this or everybody give at least that. no. I'm going to let the Lord talk to you because I feel like if the Lord talked to you, you will probably you're probably give it a little bit more. you will probably give a little bit more if you have a conversation with God. So have a conversation with God um, with give it to Jesus. Listen, that's what I want you to do. See, I want you to give it to Jesus and say, hey, you know, I know you're calling me to give to this year and giving. What is it you are calling me to give? I want you to pray about it. And then when you get that number the number that he gives you, I know you're going to need some time to pray about it some more and you're going to need some time to get more confirmation. So don't wait until that weekend. I want you to start praying about what God would have you to give in the year and giving, right? And I think that's it. Oh, the next three weeks, uh, those are the last three weeks of the year for us. I normally don't do announcements here, but I just don't want y'all to miss it. The next three weeks are, it's the same thing we do um, every year. The last three weeks of, The sermons is, you know, those those conversations that community is workshop. We workshopping. We hearing we didn't heard all year. Now we are preparing to do. So that we know what we're going to be doing next year and not as a church, but as individuals in this church. And so I don't want you to miss those last three weekends. Make sure you're coming. It's the first Saturday, the second Saturday and the third Saturday. Those are the last three Saturdays of the year for us. We take off Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve and then we come back after that. But I don't want you to miss those. And they are progressive and we're going to be doing some work, work, Because we know that God has called us to be hearers and doers. And for a lot of us, it means that he's called us out into the marketplace and to do some things and to change some things. And so I don't want you to miss those last three um, weeks. So be praying about the year and giving and make plans to show up to the next three Saturdays over this holiday season. All right. Now let's get into community. Love y'all. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.